With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What a beautiful break that was from Derby County. And one chop cheek in Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. And a chance for Mario once more. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life, and we are feeling good. Yes, welcome to Steve Beamer's Washing, your independent Derby County fan podcast. We are back for the 2022-23 campaign, primed and ready for thy League One tour. And after the last 18 months of pain, it's time to look forward again to tap-ins, screamers, last-minute winners, midweek mood killers, goal-fest thrillers, we can finally enjoy the game that we love for what it is. And we'll be there every step of the way in our sixth season on Steve Bloomer's Washing. Uh, joining me, Chris Parsons, bronzed, refreshed, reinvigorated. It's, uh, it's Richard Kutcher. How are you? I'm not sure if refreshed is the right word for how I feel right now, but I'm certainly refreshed and uh, and I'm not bronzed either. You know me, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm looking forward, very much looking forward to the new season, looking forward to getting to Pride Park on Saturday, in fact. So I am, Kutch. I'm now the proud owner this summer. This is, this is my big life story of a, uh, a brick-based barbecue cooking station. What's the highlight of your summer? Because that was a highlight of mine. How many cooking stations have you now got in your garden? <laughs> Just... <laughs> Well, if you count the table as another one, I've technically got two, but I'll, I'll stick it on Twitter. It's uh, I'm genuinely quite proud of it. Uh, highlight of my summer so far uh, was a little bit of cricket, but also getting back down to South Africa again and to uh, and to Namibia. Did a bit of uh, seeing some hippopotamuses in the wild. Uh, that was kind of the highlight of my summer for sure. Anton Martin's here. Last summer, mate, you had the old rental hot tub in the mix. Um, was was that in play again this year or...? It wasn't. I mean, I can't think of anything worse than a hot tub in the 40 degree heat of last <laughs> week. So I'm pretty glad I didn't go for that. Um, what I did do, though, is go around to Tom's for his uh, three metre by three metre paddling pool, which was much nicer. I've heard a lot about this, but I've never had the pleasure of uh, of having a dip myself. But Tom is along for the ride, too. Um, my question to you was going to be, how did you cope on the hottest UK day ever last week, but I think I'd only answer. Uh, well, actually, Chris, most interestingly, I actually had finished the paddling pool by the time it came to the hottest day because it was my last two days of work. And I also volunteered to do the staff barbecue in 41 degrees heat. So actually stepping away from the barbecue was like a, a light relief of 41 degree heat and uh, wildfires across Dartford because the barbecue was even hotter. Um, but the paddling pool was quite amazing for that weekend. Uh, obviously, Anton came over and we had a load of beers and a barbecue, um, which is basically how I spent my summer so far so we'll have to get an sbw uh, pool party at some point i'm sure but the mind <laughs> the mind boggles um well, you mentioned um you mentioned those fires it's weird like me and kutch went to stevenage last week no shots on target one nil defeat football is back um but yeah we uh i was driving back over the dartford tunnel and uh, there was a lightning storm and I could see just a large fire in the distance. It was, it was quite apocalyptic at the time, at like 11 o'clock at night. It was quite weird. But yeah, me and Kutch, um, we, we stared the heat wave in the face, didn't we, mate? It took the ill-advised trip to yeah. Stevenage on the hottest day ever. Um, it's fair to say, I think, that the general highlight of that evening was when there was a large gust of cool air which wafted through the away end at half time, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was incredible scenes. That that gust of wind. And the, the crowd did actually give it an ooh yeah. as well, didn't they? Everyone went, oh um, I think it was the most animated sound from the from the crowd, you know, because the football was was crap, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh but it was it was really good to be back there. And I think actually that we couldn't use the trains because the trains weren't working. I think that was actually a blessing, Chris. I don't think we would have been wanted to be sat on those trains and when it was 40 degrees outside and we both we both drove around different sides of the M25 to get there. And it was actually a fairly pleasant, uh, if quite sticky, 
uh, day out. And it was just great to go to a new grounds. Great to see the team take shape. Uh, you know, probably our worst preseason game. But um, yeah, really exciting to get a first glimpse of some some new players and to see what kind of team we can uh, look forward to seeing this season. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know where to start, really. So many players in this summer. I'm pretty sure it definitely feels like the, the summer of the most incoming transfer activity of my life as a Derby fan, I think. Um, possibly the season when Paul mm. Jewell came in and he just bought loads of really med- mediocre players on big money. But Premier League 07, maybe, 07 or 08. Yeah, perhaps. But um, Anton Liam Rossini said in his, uh, his post-match after Leicester that uh, this is a new group and we're trying to microwave the process. Um I mean, firstly, does this mean that Liam Racina hates ready meals? Because that is quite a controversial opinion. And secondly, I guess that just emphasises the point that you know, we've got loads of recruitment done. We've brought in a whole new team, 11 new players or whatever it is. But it's going to take a long time to click, isn't it? And there's got to be patience in the early stages of this League One season, hasn't there, for Derby? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I hope he doesn't like it. Doesn't hate ready meals because my wife is the the ready meals buyer for Sainsbury's. So um, <laughs> get, get get down and, and buy some there. Um, always helps. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure what he means by uh, microwave the process, but yeah, um, it's certainly going to be a, a slow start, isn't it? I mean, it's it's so exciting. It's it's exciting to be talking about football, but it's exciting to to have so many new players to discuss. So many players who who could really stand out in League One but given that it's probably over the half the team and half the starting lineup that are going to be new with a pretty challenging start as well it's it's safe to say I mean the first three games in particular Oxford, Charlton, Barnsley probably kind of some of the hardest games we'll face all season so I, I fully expect us to be kind of bottom half potentially by the end of August but I don't think that's necessarily anything to panic about as long as we see a bit of an improvement in performance and, and see the, the players starting to gel. Yeah Tom it's um, going back to microwave the process I guess what he means is that we're doing this far quicker than we than we should be doing and if we were oven roasting the process there'd be more depth of flavour in our play. I don't even I don't know where I'm going with this to be honest but what do you understand by that metaphor and uh, how long do you think it might take this season for Derby to come good? Well, I think if you're doing the oven, Chris, you're going low and slow and you want it to be tender and falling off the bone, which is um, that luscious, <laughs> luscious football. Steady Whereas on. I think with microwaving the process, you need to prick the packet, get what's in there, get it done, sit down at the at the at uh, in front of the TV and be ready just to enjoy whatever it is. And it's functional. So I don't think we're going to see like glorious free-flowing football anytime soon but what I think you're going to see is like right let's do the basics properly let's make sure that we clear the penalty area defensively let's make sure we turn their defenders put the balls into the corner it's not going to be pretty uh, and let's see if we can get some sort of functional results to get those uh, carbohydrates and proteins into our system uh, from <laughs> from the microbial packet <laughs> from the Sainsbury's other retailers and um, let's just get some points on the board and get some confidence going and then we might start to see the uh, low and slow lamb cleftico pull pork sort of version coming on later in the season so goodness me i'm starting to get hungry and only ate about an hour ago um kutch is so is piercing the film lid like lumping it long to james collins is that what he means i, I don't know what's your take on it well i don't, definitely don't think we'll see much lumping it long you can tell that tom is more of the cook among us and i'm <laughs> certainly more of a microwave meal kind of guy as tom knows although i don't have a microwave in the flat you'll be pleased to know um so, no, I, I think, look, I think Liam Racine certainly still wants to play football. And we saw at Stevenage, they definitely overplayed at the back and they weren't moving forward quick enough. And he, he has said in his comments in some of the preseason games, actually, that although he wants to play, I think, quite a similar style to what we were trying to play last season, I think he's also saying that they do need to, we do sometimes need to go a bit more direct and we do sometimes just need to clear our lines and, and, and give defences something else to think about. And he's absolutely right about that. I think in pre-season, he's probably just really making them, you know, try and practice the, the way that he wants to play. But I think when we when it comes to the first game of the season against Oxford and, and the rest of the games early on in the season, I think we will see a bit more, a bit more mixed. Uh, when you've got people like Collins, McGoldrick up top, like they're players that you certainly can play a bit more direct to and they should be able to hold it up. Collins didn't really get a kick at all uh, in the Stevenage game because he weren't getting the ball up to him, you know, uh, to fill the defenders and 
I think some fans have been critical of him being quiet, but I don't think we've been playing to his strengths yet in pre-season. But it's incredibly early. And as you've all said, uh, this squad has been kind of patched together in the last couple of weeks and they're still getting to know each other. So I think I think he's just saying that we're going to we're having to speed it all up and, and do it as quickly as possible. So I, I'm expecting a very rusty start to the season, but as long as we see progress throughout the season, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy. Just think about the Leicester game and that fantastic goal that we scored, the fabulous bit of football. That's like when you get that really hot bit for the microwave when you've had that um, that meal and it's just a little bit of like too much water in there, just burns your mouth. And you're just like, oh yes, that's unbelievable. <laughs> um, and that was an incredible goal um, interspersed in a, in a game which was was fairly sort of scrappy at times. Derby hung on and, and clung on to bits and bobs here played some nice stuff at times but it sort of broke down in the final third so that's what I think we're going to see over the next few months and as, as Kutch says I think later on in the season we'll start to start to gel and really sort of work together and I, I think some of the players we signed there's some some really good talents out there uh, which will do a lot of stuff in in League One so I'm looking forward to the season and getting underway yeah well as uh, as I said me and Kutch did go to the uh, Stevenage game um talks about patience there Kutch I guess you'll personally be hoping that a lot of Derby fans show more patience than the uh, the guy in front of us. Can you can you tell me more? Yeah, I got in my first got in my first scrap of the season Yay. with a fellow Derby fan. Now football's back. Um, <laughs> well, it's, look, I, I shared I shared a lot of fans' frustration on the night because it it was a lot of sideways football and it was there was a lot of cries of forward, but that, there's nothing that annoys me more than just fans shouting forward all the time because often when they do that, the next pass that goes forward gets intercepted and it's like, well, that's why I didn't play it forward because it wasn't actually an option. And that, the, fact, the fact is players should be making options so they can play it forward. Uh, but yeah, some some guy he, at one point in like the 75th minute or something, he completely lost the plot and was, you know, he wasn't shouting abuse, but he was he was shouting, you know, uh, you know, telling them that they're pretty rubbish and, and to play it forward quicker. And I just told him, Look, mate, it's a preseason game. Most of these players haven't played together before. It's going to take time. Let's just be a bit patient. That, that's all it was. And it was perfectly civil. Uh, I think we went back and forth a little bit and uh, we found some common ground. Did we, Chris, I think? Well, the, the actual words he used were, um, we've had 88 minutes of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when, um, yes when, when someone passed, when I think Sibley passed it and it didn't reach its intended target. I, I see where you're coming from, but people are going to have to appreciate that it might get a bit worse before it gets better. And you, you look at the first yeah. few games that, that Anton mentioned there, like Oxford, Charlton. I saw earlier that Oxford has sold out in the away end, like 3,000 plus. Um, you've got to remember that we are not like people's second favourite team anymore. We're not like the plucky underdog story that we were last season who like defied the odds and you know stuck it to the man or whatever. Like we're now... Um, I'm going to say it, we're like a big fish in a small uh, pond with like a big ground, 15,000 season ticket holders, good gates, big, you know, big name players, internationals, and like half the teams in League One w- won't have come to Pride Park before. And I reckon Oxford will be the blueprint of teams who will be well up for it, who will see Derby as a real, real scalp to claim in this division. And... I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to find it difficult. And if we've got any illusions about about maintaining the amazing home form from last season, I don't know. I feel like fans could be in for a bit of a shock. Well, is it Carl Robinson who's a coach of Oxford? Yes, now? Is it Carl Robinson. I think it is. Yeah. And he he used to be manager of MK Dons and he used to be manager of Swindon, I think, as well. And I I saw Swindon play a few times at AFC Wimbledon actually, and obviously he got a lot of abuse at that game because he used to manage MK Dons, but. He plays some quite agricultural football. Like he, he will have an Oxford team set up to come and and play that kind of way that Stevenage played, quite direct, you know, physical. I think it's good that we've signed players that can mix it with that. People like Collins McGoldrick, you know, Corey Smith's obviously energetic, big, gets around the park. Um, and we've got some big centre backs and some big defenders now. But yeah, I think I think you're right, Chris. I think there's gonna be some really tough days, home and away, this season and frustrating days where we might get out for you know, and I think that's probably why you've seen so much experience uh, brought into the dressing room. You, apart from a couple of other signings, like most of the signings have been thirty plus, um, and and they're coming going to come in as as fighters. I think, and I think that's quite promising. But I still think it's going to take quite a time for them to gel and and for fans to get used to quite a different type of football. Well, whilst Kutch and I were at Stevenage, uh, we did have we talked to a lot of Rams fans, which was great. Met a lot of lovely people. And uh, we thought we'd get a few, a bit of it on audio. So we thought we'd get a few thoughts from the fan base about the season ahead. Two simple questions from us. Who's the most exciting signing that you're looking forward to seeing? And 
Is promotion talk realistic for Derby County? Here's what fans told us. Derby have signed basically a whole new team in the summer. Tonight, notwithstanding, who are you most looking forward to seeing out there next season of the new boys? I think you've got to be looking at kind of Hurricane really should be bossing League One with his experience. I'm still a little bit amazed we've signed him, to be fair. Mark Houston as well. I think he's a good age. You know, I think he's all his experience from all his years at Preston. I think he could be a very good, smart acquisition. James Collins too. I think he'll get you goals if you build the team up correctly and work to his strengths. Uh, Corey Smith excited me. I think like that was that was quite a big one. I was like the experience that he's got, um, and also just the positional play that he's going to do. I think like he was a club captain. He's got teams promoted. I think he's going to bring some real stability that we're going to need alongside the academy players. I think tonight Conor Hurahan, um, still scratching my head that he's a Derby County player. So yeah, looking forward to seeing him. But look, we've signed some really really good players. Um, so I'm just looking forward to celebrating being a Derby County fan. For me, Conor Horahan, um, I think you look at the level he's played at, um, it'd be a good signing if he's in the Championship still. Um, so for League One, he's going to be crazy for us, I think. Yeah, I'm saying Horahan as well. But I think Barkey's and with his pace, he'll be a top player this season. Some of the old boys just come in. I mean, Horahan, I'm looking forward to watching him play. I've seen him play, obviously, all pre-season so far. Um, but uh, Didzy, I think uh, if we can keep him fit, I think he's definitely one for us. And you know, he, can, he can show us, uh, you know, he can really show the young kids forward push them through and uh, I think we'll be really successful. Derby are among the bookies' favourites to win the league next season. Um, what would you consider to be a, a decent season for Derby next year? Um, I'll take a solid, undramatic mid-table finish, I think, really, after the last few years. I mean, yes, it'd be lovely to be in the promotion mix, but I think we've got to be realistic. We've got to look at where we're at. There's some very seasoned, solid teams in League One this year, even though the likes of Sunderland have gone up. So we're still going to have a lot of challenges. We've still got a lot of work to do on the squad. Um, it's going to take time to gel. Um, so long as we're not down there fighting at the wrong end, which I don't think we will be. Is promotion talk realistic? I think so. I think before the start of the season, you probably thought we need to be there or thereabouts as a, a first season. But given the names and the way that we're playing so far in pre-season, I think you've got to look at it and think we've got to bounce straight back up. It's funny because I saw a comment on social media that was like, oh, I want to go put a bet on Invincible season for Derby. And I kind of laughed out loud. At it. I was like, oh, I'm not sure we're there yet. Um, look, I think if, if we're kind of top half, I think we've done really well, particularly as we're building a team pretty much from scratch. Um, we've not a lot of money um, piecing it together with scraps um, on the whole, I think. So yeah, if we can get top half, I think I'll be really happy with that. I want to say titles, to be fair. There's the depth in the squad, we've signed some quality players. I can see us going up. Playoffs at the least, at the very least, I think. Um, title would be nice, as you say. Um, I think it's doable as well with the players they brought in. Getting in the top six, I think, will be really, really good. I mean, it'd be easy to say, yeah, we, you, know, champion, you know, go for champions, but I think top six and take it from there, really. So, Anton, a few shouts in there in terms of players that people are most looking forward to seeing for the obvious candidates. Uh, Connor Howrahan. Dave McGoldrick, um, Corey Smith as well, all of which I agree with. You, you look at some of the players who come in and Nathaniel Mendez-Lang, for example, like Tom, <laughs> is already slightly being made to eat his words on him already. But he, I think, has a lot to prove at Derby still regardless. And I'd like to think that Derby are the sort of club where we can get it out of him. Uh, Barkhausen as well, he like scored against Leicester, took his goal really well. And I'm sure he'll probably be there or thereabouts for double figures, I reckon, for goals this season. But Anton, which of the new signings excites you the most? The two probably for me, um, Conor Harahan is is an unbelievable player. He, he's certainly championship level um, currently. And, and I still don't really know how we've lured him down to, to League One, but he's, he's going to be an unbelievable asset in the middle. The one who probably sticks out and is probably less of a big name, but I'm really excited to see in a Derby shirt is, is Tom Barkhausen. Um, he's been such a consistent performer um, in recent seasons, Preston and um, recent clubs as well. And he is going to be that a really good foil for Mendes Lang, I think, on, on the opposite wing. Mendes Lang is likely to blow a little bit hot and cold. We've seen that in the past from him. So if we have a bit of consistency on the other wing, that's going to be really important. 
Um, fun fact about Tom Barkhausen, he, he's never played in League One, but he has played in Championship and League Two. 220 appearances in the Championship, 110 appearances in League Two, but he's never played in League One. But his goal record is, is really impressive. Um, 34 goals in 220 games in the Championship. It's about one in seven. Uh, 27 goals in 110 games in League Two which is one in four, if he could average out and, and kind of come in at kind of one in five, one in six mark, that's going to be a really good return for us. And and with the likes of Mendes Lang, who who does score consistently as well, and James Collins, who absolutely banged them in uh, for Luton in League One, we've got potentially three kind of really strong goal scorers up front, which we've not seen really for at, at least a couple of seasons, but maybe even more. There are a couple of moments, Tom, you'll absolutely love this at Stevenage when um, James Collins got the ball like deep in our half, like back to goal, just backed in a little bit, waited for the nudge and down he went, ref blows, free kick. And we're like, oh yes, we're back. It's, it's Chrissy Martin time all over again. It was like, it was glorious. We haven't really, the reason I compared the two is because I think there are real similarities really in the way they lead the line and Hopefully, they're, they're, they're both target men and have players playing off them. But where do you see the goals coming from in the main from from Derby's new look strike force this season? Uh, yeah, I'd love to see that. And I'm looking forward to seeing that in the flesh from James Collins. I've, I've always thought he's been a, a good player in the lower league. So hopefully he can do the business uh, for Derby. Uh, I agree with that. Anton, I think Barkasm is, is the signing that I'm most excited alongside Howahan. Um, just on the Mendes Lang stuff. And I know that I, I said before he was signed that he would be one that I wouldn't sign. Uh, I'm, I don't think I'm quite eating my words just yet. And I'm more than happy to be doing that in October or November when he's banged in five or six goals and he's set up a few um, or vice versa. But I I just think my, my issue with Mendes Lang and what, what I'd seen of him before, I uh, haven't seen him in the lower leagues, having followed Bristol Rovers and be, watching him at, play against them and some other sides as well, is just his lack of composure. And I think that was really exemplified, having had a great game against Bradford and got us all quite excited. Um, there was a chance in the second half against Leicester where the, the ball was flicked on, having been put into the box uh, for Collins to challenge, and he was acres of space and instead of taking a touch and then finishing it he absolutely lashed at it and put it wide I can see him being an extremely frustrating winger and I'm, I'm not he's going to have some great games and I hope he has some more great games than, than, than not so but I can really see him blowing hot and cold and I hope it's more hot than cold but it wouldn't surprise me if it's more cold I think what I quite like about Mendes Lang from what I've seen so far, and I've seen less of him previously but from what I've seen so far in Derby shirt in, in pre-seasons he's just quite direct and I think we've missed out a time on the wings. We haven't had someone who's really that direct. Abby Owe did it a bit, but could could sometimes be guilty of overplaying a little bit. And and Mendes Lang, same as Barclays. And what I like about those two is they're both wingers who I think they will get in the box, you know, when the when the ball's on the opposite wing. So they could be feeding each other. I think we'll see Forsyth to Mendes Lang quite a bit. We saw that quite a bit um at Stevenage away, like one of the other five and the other one at the back post. And I think Mendes Lang and Barkhouse and we'll, we'll both try and get on the end of stuff in the box. We haven't really seen that from some recent uh, wingers in, in the Derby shirt of getting into the box when the ball's on the other side. But the, the player that I'm really excited about, which isn't one of the more obvious ones, is actually the right back we signed, uh, Kwaku Aduro. Uh, who was in the Man City Academy. I thought he, he's looked really tidy, really good in the ball, as you'd expect for someone that came through at the Manchester City Academy. He's captains, uh, I think it was the under-18s at City, he captained for a season or two. And he and when he did his round CV interview, I thought it was really impressive. You could tell he's a really kind of determined, steely guy. And he probably had offers to go to other clubs, maybe in the Championship, uh, to go into their academies. And he's obviously decided to come and, and fight for a first-team shirt at Derby County. And I think we might not see him at right-back straight away at the start of the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's a regular come come the second half of the season. He's the one that I'm really looking forward to seeing how he develops in the, in the first-team squad. Yeah, just going back to your point around Barkhausen and Mendes Lang really attacking the box catch, we saw the perfect example of that against Leicester where Barkhausen left the ball out wide from... Max yeah. Bird to, to Howrahan and he didn't just kind of sit and and maybe look for the simple pass back which you might expect from from many a winger certainly at championship at, and and league one level but he absolutely busted a gut to get in the box to to provide that extra man in there alongside um Collins and and got on the end of it and and it was a brilliant finish and a brilliant goal all round so hopefully that's um kind of what Rossinho and the coaching staff are really encouraging them to do to really fill the box because in recent seasons that's that's what 
what's made us really exciting when we've been scoring goals it's because we've been filling the box and and people have been confident to get on the end of it and and lots of goals have come from it so we had a few predictions in there earlier from how derby fans think we'll get on this season and speaking of predictions if you sign up to the steve bloomers washing patron this season you can join the sbw predictor cup and haven't bought it yet but you can win an actual trophy i'm going to blow the budget wide open on this one um so all you have to do is uh just make 10 predictions so premier league winner derby's league position how far england will get in the world cup that sort of thing all for a bit of fun and the winner will get that uh but also new on our patreon this season uh people who sign up and existing members will get some uh, some free steve bloomers washing stickers which I've had made, and coasters as a welcome pack, including an amazing 3D-printed Steve Bloomer's Washing drinks coaster, courtesy of friend of the pod, fellow patron, and general legend uh, Chris Getty. And uh, also in this month's bonus Patreon podcast, you can hear Ryan Hills, author Ryan Hills, talk about his new Jim Smith book, Groundwork, and the Bald Eagle's three biggest innovators. So the three men who really pushed the boundaries at Derby and in English football. It's fascinating stuff. That's including the guy who invented Prozone, who started at Derby County, English football's first full-time club psychologist who was employed by Derby, and a groundbreaking fitness coach who changed the Rams' fortunes in the 1990s. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomers Washing to check all that bonus content out. How do you react though when someone, you know, from your playing staff comes in and says, "Boss, I think you've got, I think you're doing this wrongly." Good. Well, I ask him which way he thinks it should be done. We get down to it, and then we talk about it for 20 minutes, and then we decide I was right. Back to Pallister, bit of a hospital pass does well, gets it to Keane, Keane to Butt, Butt loose it to Darrell Powell, gives it away to One Chop, One Chop comes into the Manchester United half, dribbles on, finds some space, goes into the box, shoots, and it's in! What a run! One Chop took a bomb down the middle, and a Schmeichel came out, he picked his spot, and United looked absolutely second rate! This summer, our friends over at Derby Brewing have opened their latest venue, The Clubhouse, a premium sports bar, allowing customers to enjoy multiple sports at the same time, as well as high energy group games like shuffleboard, beer pong, foosball and interactive darts. The drinks menu has craft beer, world lagers, artisan wines and spirits, and to eat there's an exciting menu featuring artisan pizza, gourmet burgers and a range of southern style fried chicken to share with friends. Paid a clubhouse a visit over on Friargate in Derby City Centre or book your table online today. Hi Derby County fans, I'm Branko Struper and you are listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. So as I explained to the fans we chatted to at Stevenage, a few bookies have got Derby down as third favourites to, uh, to win, I think it's to win the league or to go up automatically at least in League One next season. Um along with Wednesday and Ipswich are among the uh, League One favourites as well. What's your take on it then? Is is promotion a realistic aim for this season, given where we've come from? I mean, on the one hand, Kutch, we've only had five players when we return to pre-season. We're, we are still behind the rest of the league in our preparation, you have to admit. And we could lose ground early on if we're not, you know, if we're not in the hunt straight away. So... Also, beyond our first 11, you'd, you'd have to say, is there that much depth in Derby County squad right now? But on the other hand, we have signed some, some players with real pedigree who were wanted by championship clubs in Howrahan and McGoldrick. And let's face it, that players like them, they wouldn't have come to Derby for like a transition season. Like They'd want to go for it. They'd know what the ambition is. We'll have one of the biggest and best home supports in the league. We've got a, we've got a number one striker with a proven record at this level and if I'm pushing it a small selection of youngish players who are still improving month by month so it's it's really hard to say isn't it coach where just where our fortunes could lie this season yeah there's a lot of question marks I I can see why some people think and the bookies think that um 
we could be a good bet to to go up the season. I think, as you say, the first 11 on paper looks really strong. If they can gel together, as we discussed, I think that's the key is how quickly they can they can gel. I think actually there's a group there's a group of about 15 or 16. We'll come on to our kind of first 11s in a minute. Um, and I wrote that down and I wrote down all the players I'd left out. And there's there's a strong bench there, but I think we'd have to get very, very lucky of injuries in the, with the squad in its current state. Because I think we'll lose a couple more before we bring a couple in. Uh, so I think we have to get very lucky of injuries. And I think we'll have to kind of overachieve in the first half of the season. I could see us doing very well in the second half of the season, maybe some other additions in the, in the January window. Um, I could see us having a good run in the second half of the season, but I think it would be, you know, how almost damage limitation, perhaps. I don't know if it's the right way to put it in the first half of the season while the team's still gelling. Because, look, there, as you say, there's some really experienced players. There are plenty of players there that wouldn't be out, out of uh, place in the championship, even in the top, top, top half of the championship, some of them. Um, I think a realistic target is top six, but I wouldn't be... You know, I wouldn't be devastated or disappointed if we miss out. I think I just want to see, as I said earlier, I want to see progress throughout the season, and I think that I think I think that will bode well. But we'll have to see as well. Come the end of August, um, or come the end of the transfer window, who's still there? You know, is Jason Knight still there? Is is Max Bird still there? Is Louis Sibley still there? Um, I think there's still quite a bit of squad shaping to do, both ins and outs. On paper, that first eleven is is one of the best if not the best team in the division but because it's such a new team it is going to take such a long time to gel and although it's not unrealistic that we could have a promotion push it's also not unrealistic that we could be be mid-table even bottom half if if the luck doesn't go our way with injuries and and we get exposed with the the limited squad that we have i, I think the bookies and, and Potentially a few fans are guilty of this, but I don't blame them at all, given the, the past 18 months we've had, probably getting a little bit overexcited and probably overestimating the capabilities of the team as it is at the moment, if you take in all of those factors. But but that's what makes it an exciting season. It, it really could go any way. It, it, it's, I don't know about you boys, but it seems absolutely another world away since we were getting excited about a season even. And I know it wasn't all that long ago but so much has happened since then it's just excited to to have have this discussion of, of are we going to be towards the promotion end or, or are we going to be kind of languishing in, in mid-table you'd certainly take that after the 18 months we've had the fact that we're having this pod and not talking about off the field issues we're talking about on the field potential uh, is fantastic and I think that the thing we've got to remember is that the league season is a marathon it's not a sprint so if things go wrong which they inevitably they will do at some point this season it's not the end of the world and like, even if things aren't going perfectly by November or December time I think what David Close has done with uh, Rossini being into a manager it gives the flexibility for, for Rossini to be replaced should that be needed and I, I really hope that doesn't because I think he speaks fantastically well um, and I think he seems to be an incredibly popular person around the training ground. Uh, and he was part of what was an, uh, a successful uh, team, despite the challenges last last season. So I think there's lots of potential in this this side. And I think there's, a as, as you said, there's a strong 11. But I think we'd be very fortunate to be looking at going up automatically. And if, if, that, if that's the way it works out, fantastic. But I think uh, top six would be uh, my aim. Ideally, I think top 10 would be satisfactory. Uh, I would probably take as long as we, we've competed and we're showing some improvements. But we've got to remember, again, football's not linear. So those improvements need to need to make sure that we have the foundations to improve again next season if it's not successful and getting promoted this season. Well, it's, it's not outlandish to say we, we could be in the mix, Kutch. And it has happened before that teams who have gone up have had awful starts to the season. Like, I think 13-14 in under McLaren like or Clough to begin with we were like what middling in the bottom half in sort of mid late September and then like charged up and arguably could have gone up top two I, th- I think people may not remember this one but I'm sure Sunderland won up won the league once after losing the first four games of the season Not the first four or five on that um, win, yeah. yeah yeah and I'm sure Reading once were like 17th in like November even or could be wrong but then went on to Go on a huge run. So, Villa as well, I think, when they went up. There is precedent, isn't there? But it, it would take a hell of a swing. 
It, it would do, but I think the other uncertainty, which I forgot to touch upon there, is, is also Rossini. Like, I agree with Todd, but I, I, I'm, I'm pleased he's going to get a chance to prove himself. I think he deserves a chance. But he is a rookie manager in the sense that he hasn't been a, a, the number one before. So we, we don't entirely know how he'll deal with that. He, he's t- spoken very well so far. I think the preseason has been generally positive. But it, it, it is an uncertainty. There is a question mark there. And there's a question mark about a, f- a, few, a few of the players who have come in. But momentum is a huge thing. And, you know, if, particularly if we get off to a good start. I mean, we could get off to a, a good start, but we could beat Oxford, we could beat Charlton and Barnsley, you know, whether, you know, whether we scrape it or we just blow them away somehow and, and the momentum continues. We're gonna, it looks like it's going to be a sellout on Saturday, which is incredible, uh, particularly if Oxford are bringing 3,000 and, and, and Derby fans are able to pack, pack Pride Park. And, and if you get uh, the ball rolling, whether it's straight away at the start of the season or kind of over Christmas and onwards from there, uh, momentum in in the in football league can be huge in every division. So I think it's possible. I just wouldn't be uh, expecting or, or relying on it if that makes sense. I, I just think that it could, it could go either way. So we did. I asked you all beforehand. So many players who've come in, huge season of uh, of transfer activity, as we've said already. With all that in mind, I think it's time to just take stock and and figure out what Derby County's current best 11 is I'm not really sure Rosinia knows and I don't blame him at all because players of different stages like young players old players players who need minutes players who don't yeah it's it's a really mashed together team and we've signed that we've signed in a very very short space of time I'll go first this is the team that I believe we should go with from the off I mean I guess that there's there's a difference between what we should go with from the off and what is what is literally our best team? Because, for example, you can't put like Bielik in because he's he's sort of fit, but he's he may not be here this season. So this is a realistic best first eleven, and that starts with Wildsmith in goal, uh, sort of by default, really. Um, then my back four is uh, Aduro at right back, Davis and Cashin in the middle, and then uh, and then I. D- I don't know. I'm still umming and ahhing about it now, but I did go. I did go fuzzy at left back, just for old time's sake. I couldn't help myself. Hold my hands up. Then I've sort of gone a four-three-three. So in the middle, I've gone of Corey Smith, as I think he is well regarded. And let's face it, every good derby team in recent years starts with a good defensive midfielder. So I've got him in there. Then in the two in front, I've got Howrahan and Bird because I think Bird is improving steadily. And Howrahan is Howrahan. Like he's he's going to be a class act in this division. Um, and then the three up top, I've gone with uh, Mendes Lang on the right, Collins through the middle, and Barkhausen on the left. So obviously that involves leaving out like you know Jason Knight, David McGoldrick, James Chester, Hayden Roberts at left back as well. Who wants first dibs on disagreeing with me on that one, Coach? Why don't you go first? Yeah, I only, I, I thought I'd come in there just because mine is the same. Apart from the fullbacks, um, although I talked up Aduro earlier, I'd actually start the season if he's still at the club with Jason Knight at right back. You have to get Jason Knight in the team. I've, I've seen a lot of people writing off Jason Wright of saying suddenly he wouldn't get in our best team. And I just think that's <laughs> absolutely rubbish. And if I played someone else at right back, I'd get Jason Knight into that midfield. Jason Knight absolutely gets into Derby County's best team right now. I just would have him at right back because I think there's a spot there. And I would have Hayden Roberts starting at left back, mostly because Craig Forsyth hasn't signed yet. Um, that's kind of why I've got him in there. But I also did like the few touches we saw of Hayden Roberts when he came on um, on the uh, at Stevenage. So I've I've got him in there, uh, and then yeah, Corey Smith, Bird, and Harahan. Uh, but I would probably I'd probably drop Corey Smith and put Jason Knight in midfield if if, if Aduro was going to start the season season at right back. Yeah, I can see completely where both of you are coming from. I think I'd go Roberts to begin with at left back. Um, I've got that big question mark over Bird. I mean, we haven't heard too much since that Daily Telegraph article a couple of weeks ago. Like, what's going to be the deal with with him? And obviously, it'd be ideal if he was to come back into the team. But um, that's that's the big area of, of uh, weakness in the in the squad, I think, at the moment. There's somewhere we need to look at over the next week, certainly over the next month or so. Um, I said Knight and Bird at the base of midfield and dropped out uh, Smith. And I know that could be lacking the sort of like deep lying um, sort of breaker in that middle but I do think that Bird and Knight have both got the energy and the technique and the, the tackling prowess to to sit in there with allowing Halverhand to to roam a little bit further forward and to be on the left and the the right and to overlap on Barkhausen on the left um 
And also it gives the option of Smith coming on and Mendes Lang, if he's not working, dropping off and Knight going into that right wing, which he did so well uh, at times last season. I know he's not a right winger per se, but it, it's like that. If we've got a, an out-and-out attacking wing back or attacking full back down the right-hand side, like Burn, for example, um, if a, a, that style of play was there, I think Knight would work quite nicely on that right-hand side to allow the full back to get forward uh, and to be a bit more like inverted. But, um, but yeah, it still remains to be seen, but I think you've got the right sort of players in there, for, uh, both Chris and Kutch. Yeah, I also went for Hayden Roberts at left back for what it's worth. Um, I, I think the, the centre-back choice is actually quite a tough one. Obviously, you have Curtis Davis in, in one of those spots. But between Chester and Cashin, I think it's, it is really tough. I, we'd all love to get Cashin in the first team, um, given how well he did last year, given his age and given his potential. But I wonder if given the the youth that we're likely going to have at fullback with Roberts and Aduro, whether Rosinia will want that slightly more experienced head of Chester alongside Davis so that we can organise both sides. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes. The, the central midfield is, is the one that's most intriguing for me and, and definitely in a good way because we've got so many options in there. Um I, I found this one really difficult. Obviously, kind of discarded Bielik for now. I, I went with Knight, Bird and Howrahan as the three with Corey Smith. Very unfortunate to to miss out there. Um, obviously, we've got Thompson as well to come in, but it's, it's no bad thing to, to have a few numbers. It's it's going to be interesting to see how we set, set up in that midfield three as well, because all of those four, really, Knight, Howrahan, Bird and Smith are, are kind of number eights really in, in their best position none of them are really yeah. natural number tens so whether we go for the the kind of pure four three three rather than a four two um three one might be interesting to see and it might actually suit us especially if Barkhausen and Mendes Lang are, are given that kind of opportunity to really push on and, and get into the box so it'll be interesting to see how we set up it I mean at, at the moment i, I don't really see unfortunately how how Sibley's getting into this team um yeah we we all said last last year when we we didn't really know what what kind of squad we would have that Sibley might really thrive in in league 1 and it might be a bit of a coming of age season but based on the the midfield options that we have and especially if we go 433 um, it's going to be tricky for him to get in because if, if we do go number ten, with a number 10, I'd probably fancy McGoldrick ahead of Sibley. I know McGoldrick does have fitness issues and he probably wouldn't be able to play every game, but there are a lot of people that are coming in ahead of Sibbo for me. Yeah, it's a really tough one that for Sibley, but I think the, the thing that I agree with you, the midfield is so strong and the depth there is ridiculous. That's why I think Jason Knight, will, I think he'll ultimately be sold because you know, he's a brilliant player and I love him, but we don't technically need him because we have got so much depth in that midfield. But what I would, if he does stay, I would like to get him into that midfield because I'm just a bit worried that Bird and Hurahan, Harahan, sorry, are just, they might just be a bit too much behind the play and you need someone who's going to get ahead of the ball and, and break into the box as well. I think Corey Smith, you know, I know he's got kind of a defensive reputation, but he's also an energetic kind of box-to-box player. We see him get into the box a few times in some of the pre-seasons. I think the Leicester game, he got in the box and got forward and they've seen clips of him doing that before. So he might bring some energy, but I'd like to try and get Jason Knight in that midfield. So I just wonder if Bird and Hurahan are just a bit a bit too similar and, and we might just be a bit stuck at staying behind the ball. Um, that that would be my concern there. And, and yeah, it's very tough on Sibley. If we play with number 10, he would be my choice. And then maybe maybe that kind of solves the problem of getting more bodies further forward. So there's their strength and depth there. If, if the squad stays as it is, it's just the fullbacks we're, we're a little bit light. We've got great options in midfield and great options across the front line. Yeah, lots of great options. More selection headaches than we're really used to having as as, as fans at the moment. But um, Tom Rossini has said recently in a post-match, we've signed 11, I think it's 11, but he wants four more. He wants four more signings. Where, what areas do you think we still need to strengthen in? I guess I would say that I think another goalkeeper could be an option because it seems like Wildsmith has yet to make the shirt his own. Although I know that Allsop also started in less than convincing style and then really, um, really claimed the number one jersey himself last season. Defensive midfield, could you make a case there? Maybe you'd like someone to push Corey Smith for a place if he even gets in the team at all. Another striker, maybe? I don't know. I mean... Is it good to have like a third option? I'm not sure how much Stretton is going to 
be like, you know, around the bench in the first team. It's difficult to say. And I think someone else said another right back as well to, to push a duro. So yeah, I'd say goalkeeper, DMC, striker, right back. No, absolutely agree with you there, Chris. I think um, we're going to assume that Foz uh, is going to sign a new contract. That seems to be the 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 noise coming out of the club. So that's that's one signing. That's left back. Uh, a right back who's going to be a first team right back. Um, someone in and around, I know, till between 23, 27, like experience, but no, knows a sort of um, knows a sort of league, nothing nothing too flashy, but can maybe get forward. He's probably a bit dodgy defending in the back post, but we can deal with that. Um, I'd say if we're going to sign a new goalkeeper, I want one of two things. I either want a prospect to sit on the bench um, and to play the odd game here and there, or I want someone to be better than Joe Wildsmith. I don't want anyone. We've got Scott Loach, who's the experienced person to, to sort of go through training and be the good character in the dressing room. And I think Wildsmith is a decent enough goalkeeper for this level. He's going to be frustrating. Um, there was some criticism about him on Saturday, but I don't necessarily think he, he did too much wrong. Some of his positioning for a couple of the half chances that Leicester missed was, was a bit off for me, but but then again, he's he's a good shot stopper. I think he'll do all right this year and he'll he'll settle into the team. And I agree, I think a, a striker or, or or winger, someone who could play in one of those two roles. Collins has always had a pretty decent enough injury record for my my recognising. So um I would say someone who's like maybe quite pacey, uh decent out wide, but can play through the middle if we needed to, so we could play two up top, uh, would be the the extra person. So yeah, definitely two fullbacks, goalkeeper and a centre forward. Yeah, I, I think the glaring omission so far from this conversation, you touched upon it very briefly there, Tom, but it's out wide. We only really have two natural wingers in the club at the moment. That's Barkhouse and Mendes Lang, two very accomplished wingers, as we've spoken about already on the pod. But they won't be able to play absolutely every minute of, of this season, and especially someone like Mendes Lang, who, who, as we've mentioned, can blow a bit hot and cold. So I'd like to see a little bit more depth there. I mean, we do have players such as Sibley and Knight and Stretton even who could fill in and do a job out there but it's not their natural position and I do like to see players playing in their natural position and especially in those wide areas you like someone who can beat a man and put in a good ball into the box and and really attack the far post which we've seen from both Barkhausen and Mendes Lang so far so I I would say if, if we were to sign four more players I'd want to see probably two wingers one of the regular features on Steve Bloomer's washing has always been daft quizzes and uh, I believe Tom has stepped into the breach on this one with a twist on who ram I to uh, see us out can you explain more Tom yeah, uh, so I've got a new concept where I'm going to read out three statements for you and I want you to, to write down the player who's currently in the Derby County squad who best fits, well, who's that statement is accurate for. And we're going to call it, who's that guy? He's <laughs> got a theme tune. I just need to explain from uh, Steve Bloomers Washington's lawyers that who's that guy is in no way endorsed by Naughty's R&B sensation Eve. <laughs> and I feel I have to make that very clear. And any similarity is entirely coincidental. But I love it, Tom. Go on, then let's have the first three then. And then what? We have to write down three names each and then whoever gets the most wins. My first who's that guy is uh, I played for Morecambe. So one of the current Derby County squad has played for Morecambe That's it. Uh, in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to, I want to tell, that's all I'm telling you. The second one is the fact that I uh, uh, this person who's in the current Derby County squad played 13 games for the Republic of Ireland. And finally, I also played two games for Alfreton Town. I played for Morecambe. That's the first one. I played 13 games for Republic of Ireland. That's the second person. And then the third person, I played for Alfreton Town. So which of the current Derby County uh, first team squad, who's that guy? Good grief. Thrown in the deep end on the first part of the season. I could, I is, could definitely get zero on this. intense. I've got mine. Have you got yours? Yeah, I've got mine. So I played for Morecambe. Uh, Anton, who, have you, who do you think that is? I think this might be the player who I forgot who his uh, previous clubs were earlier, and that's Tom Barkhausen I've gone with. Okay. Uh, Chris? Complete guess, James Collins. Yeah, Barkhausen sounds good. I actually went uh, Wildsmith because I know he had a lot. Of, he had quite a few loan spells uh, from from Chef Wednesday, so I've gone uh, Wildsmith. Enough, one of you are right, and uh, played for Blackpool and he played for Preston, all in the northwest. 
as is Morecambe, and that's Tom Barkhausen. Nice work, out oh. Point for you. Uh, Geography. I played 13 games for Ireland. Uh, Chris, who do you go for there? It's got to be McGoldrick. Please let it be McGoldrick. Kutch? Okay. Uh, yeah, I said McGoldrick for this one. Uh, Anton? I went for Howraham. Uh, close, but no cigar. Um, two goals, 13 caps. James Collins up front. Oh, for uh, and then finally, playing for Alfredton Town on loan, two games. And Kutch, who do you go for there? Uh, I went for McGoldrick again because I know he's local. He's Notts County, wasn't he? So I'm going McGoldrick. Anton? Um, I went for Scott Loach because I know he's done the rounds at non-league level. may have featured for Alfredton at some point. Fair enough, Chris? Again, complete guess. Joe Wildsmith. Well, this is interesting. Again, one of you've got it right and you equalise in there, Chris, because it was oh, Joe yeah. Wildsmith Go on, complete guess. That's what it's all about. Your tiebreaker... Um, is how many caps does Irish international Connor Halverhan have? It's not 13. So how, <laughs> and it's not 13. The closest, closest wins. I will say that Connor Halverhan has had 28 caps for the Republic of Ireland. I'll, I'll stick with my original answer rather than going one or um, one below or above you, Chris, because I'm, I'm noble like that. And I, I went with my <laughs> gut and that was 34. Oh, that one of you is one out. Cut. Who do you think it is? One out. Anton or Chris? My guess was going to be twenty-five. So uh, I say Chris is closest. Obviously, Cut just got it wrong. So Anton, well done. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Thirty-five caps, one goal. Connor Howahan. Uh So well done, Anton, for winning the first get in first ever. Who's that guy? Get in and 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 new ownership. <laughs> kind of wipes the slate clean in terms of previous record right as well so that's that's one one zero 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 right yeah so that's one out of one for Anton yeah so on that uh incredible note we're gonna leave it there for this week uh really good to be speaking to you all again gents um I'm sure it's going to be a roller coaster in league one as we've discussed you can follow it all on the podcast on our patreon join in the discord chat on anything from Derby County to lawn mowing, or you can uh, follow us on social where we are at Steve Bloomer Pod. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Coach, you're off to Pride Park for the Oxford game, so uh, make sure you're going to say hello to people. Going to uh, stop in the tap on the way home? Yeah, I'll say it's off in the tap, either pre or post or, or both. Still trying to work out whether or not to get the train because the train strikes will drive. So hopefully, see a few round fans up there for sure. And Tom and Anton, a pleasure as always. Good to speak to you both. Cheers, boys. Enjoyed that. Cheers, Grayson. All the best.